Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpacking Mental Health. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do this by clicking the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. And this is a $5 donation, which will keep the podcast ad-free and go towards covering the expenses. And I would love, love, love if you could give my Instagram and Facebook a follow and I will update you with the next podcast. So have a great day and I hope you enjoy. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Annika Carlson. Annika is a current New Plymouth district councillor. Many will know Annika as a local animal rights activist and a member of our Pride community. Thank you for joining me, Annika. It's a pleasure to have you on Unpacking Mental Health. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So before the council, you were in the New Zealand police. How did that role shape your view of mental health and what effects did joining such a confronting career at a young age have on you? I guess I joined, I would have been sort of 23 and um, I didn't even really know anything about mental health, which is kind of crazy when you think about, you know, you, you go to police college and you come out and you're stuck on the streets of West Auckland on the front line and, um, you know, we sort of touched on it at, at police college, but barely. And so when I got on the street, um, it completely blew me away that the amount of calls that we had that were mental health related and I kind of just knew nothing about it. I didn't really know how to deal with it properly. Um, I didn't know. Even why. after training at college? Even after training at college, yep. yep. Um, it was almost like back then, it might have changed now, but back then it was sort of, it, it might have been like a day of information and, and that's about it. And it but was it's really a core just, part of your role. When yeah, you yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> And when it came to like you know call how many call outs you had, there were you know sometimes there'd be six seven call outs related from um, a suicide right through to just um, you know everything on the spectrum, I guess. And so yeah, that was a real eye opener, and that was kind of my first introduction to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just just completely blew me away. So how did that affect your own mental health personally? Did you take that home with you? Or? So I learned really quick, I think, with the with the police, um, you have to learn a lot of skills to deal with what you're dealing with because it's quite a tough, it is quite a tough um, job at times. And particularly, you know, I came from a fairly privileged upbringing. I wouldn't say I was, I was reasonably worldly at that point because I travelled, but... Um, yeah, the, the front line of West Auckland was very different to mm. my life back here. And, and still quite young and And still quite young and, yeah. and I guess, you know, having a, a, a really supportive and encouraging family and um, I learned really quickly how good I had it. Yeah. yeah it made me appreciate sort of my life and, and um, my parents and kind of all the opportunities I had. And it was a real eye-opener to what other people – the struggles that other people, you know, have to have yeah. um, or have, at, like, growing up. And so – but you do learn to disconnect because you're dealing with – I think one one day I had something like 10 – in a 12-hour shift I had 10 or 11, like, domestic violence call-outs. And, and, you know, on top of that, there might have been some mental health ones. There might have been um, a whole bunch of other stuff. But it, you can't – take that home you know mm. you have to learn and you do like you, you're dealing with humans and as someone who's quite empathetic and 
um, really, you know, I joined because I wanted to help and, um, yeah, you, you do learn to disconnect. And I think that has a toll on your mental health at times as well because you do that for so long that you're then not actually dealing with, um, I guess, what what you're presented with. Does that sort of make sense? Mm. And so I was really lucky at the time. I had a, um, I had a partner. Uh, he was in the police as well. And we actually met at police college. And so we would go home and we could talk about it. And so that was that was really helpful. Yeah. You know? and, and I learned very quickly that um, talking about what you're sort of dealing with during the day um, is a good way of just kind of processing it and then moving on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess when you go into policing, you don't really think you're going into social work as such or that whole mental health and domestic violence is a huge part of policing, right? But yeah, when you absolutely. think about joining the police, you want to help people in the community in general. It, it, it seems different than it looks, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone sort of thinks the police is a bit like um, Police 10-7, you know? And yeah, you race really around, not. kind of like. <laughs> it's really not. Um, yeah. That's kind of the fun part of, of, of the police. And, yeah, it, it definitely... Um, you know, for, for, for my mental health, I think it definitely made me stronger. Um, when I left, I um, I think I was mentally just exhausted from it. Like, I, I felt like the entire time I was in the police, which was two and a bit years, I think, and I felt like I didn't really have much of a life. It was sort of work, sleep, work, sleep, repeat. Yeah. Thing. And How did the shift work affect your mental health? Was that very draining? Yeah, you'd be sort of, I mean, back then, they don't do it now, but back then it was seven night shifts in a row from like 10 till, like 10 till seven or 10 till eight. And yeah, that was a struggle. Yeah. It was yeah. really, I, luckily I'm, I was pretty good at being able to sleep during the day, but it's just kind of that roller coaster, right, of these different sleeping patterns, which, which gets you, um, but yeah, it was just, it was, I was very exhausted at the end of uh, yeah, when I decided to leave, I was sort of just mentally exhausted about it and, and sort of thought it got to a point where I was like, if I stay in this job, I don't feel, I feel like it's going to change me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like at this at this point, I'm learning these skills to kind of deal with the job that I'm doing. But the job had made me quite cynical. It had made me quite negative when you're dealing with things where, I don't know, it's sort of the, the harder part of society. It's sort of that part of society that everyone wants to turn away from and pretend doesn't happen and it's like, well, let someone else deal with that. Yeah, and you, you're going into it. And you're in time. you're in it 12 hours a day. You know, that's your it's your life essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and you're doing it because you're, you are passionate about it, you know, like you have to work quite hard to get to police college. And so for me to then decide to leave was that was a real um, – a big moment too because I'd worked so hard mm, to get yeah. there and and genuinely thought this was going to be like my life career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the end for my own mental health was why I was why I left, not because I, I was I was struggling, but it was like actually I, I can, for other reasons as well, you know, I felt like I was losing control of my own career. I felt like um, I needed to... Yeah, like it just it just wasn't um, working for me and I was becoming someone I didn't really want to be mm, in the yeah. end. Well, that's um, cool that you could make that choice and mm. be happy with it and you're happy with that choice now, obviously. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't regret it at all. I thought it, I think it was, um, 
like it made me a 10 times better person. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me, yeah, as I said, appreciate my family, appreciate sort of the life that I have had. It also gave me a real insight into the struggles that people live with every day who um, don't have lives like mine and parents like mine and yeah. you know, opportunities like I've had. And, yeah. and, in, and that really did install a sense of really wanting to give back. And I guess that's why I then joined council for mm-hmm. similar kind of reasons of a want, like wanting to be part of that community and wanting to do, to help and, and do what I can, I guess, to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you think the, being in the police, like mental health and crime and things that are happening, is that's all very interrelated, isn't it? Like there's a lot of common... Yeah, totally. I, I, I think, I mean, we can have a conversation on this for hours, but it's like I think mental health, you know, it's to do with our education system, it's to do with our welfare system, it's to do with our um, criminal system, all those kind of interlinked with each other. Yeah. Um, and... How do we fix it? I mean, that's the million dollar question that mm. I guess the world wants to know. Yeah, um, but it is all yeah, it is all totally, totally related. And you, and you know when you see um, some of the struggles that people have to live with every day, you, I'm not surprised that you know we have such bad suicide rates and such bad you know um, mental health. The, the thing that really did shock me is, like, I don't even think I'd even heard the term suicide before I joined the police. Right. And then all of a sudden I was, like, at a suicide dealing with it, being like, what? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. what is, like, wow, okay, no one told me about this. Like, yeah. and, and I felt like I never really had a sheltered life, but I guess that just never, I don't know. It come it just, into your world Yeah, much, it just yeah. wasn't in my world, which I sort of, I count myself quite lucky that I'd got to 23 and I guess I must have known about it, but I'd never processed it or anything it, yeah. like that. And and it was, yeah, I just remember thinking, well, this is really awful. Yeah, and you had to deal with that quite often. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There were many, there were many attempted suicides, many, you know, suicides that actually went through and, and I think a lot of it is that the media and the government don't talk about it. Like, we're getting better now with, you know, um, mm. articles about it where it comes out. But back, you know, back, back then, back then um, it was no one, you didn't hear, people just didn't talk about mental health and suicide and all these kind of things. And so... Um, You're still not allowed to say it on the news, are you? The word suicide, no, and I think even in articles they don't—they say sudden death, and then they have a disclaimer at the bottom. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. The more that something is out there, the more you're allowing people to talk about it, and the more you're talking about it, the more you're then, I guess, directly, well, indirectly talking about health, mental yeah, health. Issues. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's kind of making hidden. it a taboo is just pushing it into the closet and being like, you know what, we, we don't want to deal with that with yeah. you. You just deal with that with yourself and come out when you've sorted it all out. Yeah, Which yeah. is such a massive problem, I think, in the society in general is that yeah, why can't we talk about life and everyone needs to know that it's yeah happening. I have heard scale. before that if you talk about it, then it encourages people to do it perhaps. I don't know what evidence there is of that or hear how hearing it would make you do that, but... Um, I think yeah, that's one of those things, like possibly, but and then it comes down, I, like I think it then comes down to, okay, what are the pros, what are the cons of talking about it? Mm-hmm. Surely yeah. 
you know, surely those pros outweigh the cons. I'm hoping someone someone has done that. Mm-hmm. Some, our Ministry of Health have done that pros and cons list and who knows. All right. But it's definitely something that I think should be talked about um, in the open as a community and it shouldn't just be something that police have to pick up the pieces and then they have to see this and the rest of the world gets to pretend like we're living in this little fairyland. Mm, that is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's not, not good for those people. Were many of the other police that you worked with struggling, do you think? Or? Yeah, I think, I think you know, some were. I think some, um, I mean, it's the kind of job, there were stories when I was in there that, like, particularly when I was thinking of leaving, who were like, I would love to leave. Like, I really would like to leave, but I've got a, a mortgage and um, yeah. kids to look after and I don't, you know, really have a choice. And that always made me, that's kind of stuck with me because it made me really sad to think that of all jobs, that's one you don't want to be stuck in unless your heart's in it and you're, you know, you're you're enjoying it mm. because it is tough. It is it is tough seeing, um, I guess you know, picking up um, the, the the worst side or the hardest side, the most upsetting side of society every day. Yeah, you wanna you wanna be in the right space to be able to do that, that yeah. kind of job and and for the community as for well. For the community you as yeah. well. For the community, for you, for your family, and so yeah. people feeling like they're stuck in it is. It was really sad. Yeah, that is sad. Um, I was, I guess, I was lucky that um, when I did decide to leave, I knew that I had run my own health and fitness business in Auckland prior to joining the police, and so I knew that I could do that because mm-hmm. I've done it before. And yeah. so it was, it, it, it was sort of okay. Maybe now is my time to head back to Taranaki. And actually, I left the police and then moved home. Okay, yeah, right, interesting. And you left. <laughs> I think it did strengthen my mental health and ability to deal with many things yeah um but it's all good knowledge right to learn those things and experience and experience like quite difficult situations and learning how you're going to get yourself through that mentally without letting it affect you and do those things and so those you know when you're dealing with um really sad really awful situations that are happening to people I guess being able to disconnect and then being able to learn how to deal with that so you don't take it on board um, really did help to strengthen me. Yeah. Um, and so when I do look back on that um, career, well, that job in the in the place, it, that's kind of what I take from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely set you in pace to do the new job. So I guess yeah. we'll move on to that yeah. one, yeah, shall we? Yeah. So... As a public figure on the New Plymouth District Council, your views are scrutinised by the masses and you often face backlash in the form of online bullying. Um, how do you cope with that and what toll does that type of negative communication have on your mental health? <sighs> um, so for me, it's, I guess I joined, I joined council because I wanted to, I I joined for change, I guess. Like I wanted to see whether, you know, we're we doing everything at council because we have to because of legislation or are we doing it because um, or because it's the most efficient way mm-hmm. or like can we change things and make things more efficient or do things differently that are going to get different outcomes. And I guess that was sort of what I wanted to, to yeah, I guess to, to figure out. 
Um, and with that, it, it was sort of like I'm, I'm going, I wanted to go in and kind of be true to myself and true to kind of my values and, and um, just kind of be me. Yeah, yeah. And you <laughs> and have a few different views than other people. A few views where they wanted, you know, people were talking about it was diversity this, diversity this. So I was like, okay, if people want diversity, I'll, I'll give them diversity. Put my hand up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and sometimes yeah and I mean as we've all kind of seen the diversity of thought is sometimes or of opinion or whatever is not always welcomed particularly when we've been so used to doing something or um or, or having count you know having counselors do things the way that they've done it all the time and mm. then all of a sudden we yeah. have counselors who are standing up and going against the grain and things like that and it's always quite a challenge and yeah and so I guess for me, it was a very long-winded answer to the question, but um, for me, I back myself. Like it all comes down to if I'm going to be outspoken about something and I could do you back yourself with what you're saying because um, if you don't, don't say anything out loud. Um, and do you genuinely, with all your heart and soul, believe that you need to speak up on this? Mm-hmm. And I guess I go into everything that I do in my personal life, which now seems to cross over into council life. It, it's yeah. kind of the same thing now. Um, but particularly in council, like I I have to back myself. And so I find that helps give me strength in regards to dealing with the backlash of it because mm-hmm. in the end I come back to actually did I need to say this? Yeah, I genuinely feel like I did. Yeah. Um, do I need to be a voice for this topic? Yeah. Like I believe it with my heart and soul and, and I'm gonna stand by that and yeah. <clears throat> go down fighting essentially. Yeah. Um so I guess some of the negative things that you experience from people come from opposing views. So on social media or in person? Do they come into you in person? Not so much in person, no. which is interesting. Um, okay. They used to. Back back when I first joined, um, people would say things to me in person, but not now, never now. No? Okay. Like, never. Not even one person. The only thing people have said to me in regards to the latest, like the video that went viral is support. Like I've had people come up into the supermarket and be like, I loved your video, by the way. Like, good job. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I do things like that. Some of the techniques that I use is I, like, I turn off notifications. Like I don't follow if there's a whole big um, rant on me or whatever. I don't sit there and read all the comments or or, um, I generally don't write back. Sometimes I can't help myself, and and I, but I try not to just get into Engage. engaging with yeah. it online. Yeah. Um. I also, you know, realize that we are all entitled to having our opinion, mm-hmm. and just because someone just dis- disagrees with me, um, that doesn't that doesn't affect my opinion or or how I feel about it. Like I love hearing um, people's different views, but unfortunately, sometimes when when you disagree with someone, people start getting personal. They start getting kind of, um, kind of a little bit kind of nasty, and, and it just it just doesn't need to be like that. And mm, so, yeah, um, it's I think bullying. It, it is bullying. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess too, um, a lot of people hate the fact that I I delete their comments and block them off my personal page. But when it really comes down to it, 
your personal page, you can do whatever the hell you want on your personal page. Absolutely. And you can yeah. read whatever the hell you want. You certainly your... don't need to be bullied no, on your personal page. I don't need to sit there and have awful comments telling me to go back and kiss my cows or to go and rot in hell on an island because I don't want to be vaccinated right now. I don't have to read. I choose. I can make a conscious decision to not read that every day, and that is simply by blocking people and removing the comment. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's if, you, if someone wants to have a valid... Um, conversation with me, I'm 100% happy to have that. But as soon as you start getting personal and getting nasty, we're moving away from mm. the topic at hand. Yeah. And, and that's not helpful really for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it gets tensions flared in all places, doesn't it? And yeah. especially because that is your personal, this isn't an open page or a work page or a council page. This is your very own friend list page that mm. people are jumping on. I mean, to be like, to be fair, a lot of the topics, a lot of the, um, you know, my video was, was public. And so I knew people okay. were going to see it. I knew it was going to yeah. go, I, I knew it was going to go viral. Like I knew all, all those sort of things. So there's an element of, I knew putting, I knew speaking up about certain things like the live export, um, at, you know, in, in the COVID stuff. Like I, I knew it was going to go viral and that it was going to have some backlash. Yeah. Like I prepared for that. And I think that was the key point is that because I knew, I knew I was essentially going to be slaughtered in public. (laughs) Yeah. I prepared for that before I did it. Yeah. Um, Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Totally. Mentally. Um, Does it still get to you when that happens a little bit? A little bit. Like I have times where I'm, and I don't know what it is. Like there, there are moments. Like, so that was sort of a month ago. There are moments every now and then where I kind of just feel really anxious, and I'm like, oh. And I kind of, in a way, like there's this almost a second of doubt that I have to deal with. Yeah. And I do. And and for me, you know, like as soon as I start doubting um, what I've done or or what I've you know what I've said or whatever it is in that situation, I I just go back to actually do believe in this like do you why did you do this in the first place and once I break that down and and I you know back myself again Mm. you know um yeah then then I'm good okay um and I and so I guess that's why at the the very start it's so important to be able to you know know how you well back yourself in the very beginning because then when everything's gone out and you're getting a whole lot of scrutiny and backlash and people are saying pretty nasty things and they're bullying you online and you and you have that moment of doubt um you can back it up by being like actually no this I stand by I this this, this, is, is, like, yeah. this is me man this yeah. is my concerns this is um important I genuinely feel like this this conversation needs to well this video needed to happen and and I stand by it so come at me yeah. Um, because, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, there are moments where I have to have that conversation literally out loud generally with my cows. <laughs> oh, okay. So you do talk to them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, my next thing is, is they are my, like the animals are my happy place. And so whenever this is kind of um, when things get a bit a bit crazy and the bullying gets pretty, you know, the, you know people's comments um are flying out there and I've got the paper saying this and that. And mm. I, yeah, I just escape and, and go and go and hang out with my animals. And, yeah, that's your and, happy place. That's my happy place, yeah. And and they don't back chat either, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. 
know? They don't argue with it. They don't you. argue. They're like, yes, sweet. Anyway. Yeah, can I have some hay, please? <laughs> They're probably thinking, we actually don't care about yeah. what you're saying. But yeah. um, oh, funny. Yeah. So the media does tend to pick up what you're posting and talking about often, right? Do you yeah. think just because it's polarizing conversation? Or? I think I think they need a story, and I okay. think they. I'm probably different to like other councillors or the or the uh, the past um, mm. council. Yeah, council definitely looks a lot different this round than mm. it has in the past. And I guess you know what people people a lot of people are like oh, we need diversity of thought and diversity on council and 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 you're very much getting that, mm. but it's never easy. Like yeah. you know when back you know, back in history when. Um, minorities stood up and spoke about things it was hard there was backlash there was um yeah bullying or all these kind of things and and but do you want diversity or do you want just the same old yeah routine thing happening forever so how does that work in council when you all have meetings and you have a topic to hash out and there's however many of you i'm not sure how many. 15. 15 councillors, right, and quite different views. Does that get quite heated in there? Or? Um, it can do, yep, but I think our council, um, we really do work well as a team. Like we all have our moments and we, we totally disagree and we have heated discussions, but in general I think we all have a mutual respect for each other. Oh, cool. And we That's all kind of know where – our places, you know, and around that table and, and who we're representing and essentially we're representing everybody, but we got voted in by certain people who know who we are and back who we yeah. are and what we believe in and Yeah, representing us. Yeah. And society. and I do like I do feel really thankful to be part of this council because it, it it's a great bunch of people. Yeah. And this is your no first. matter who no matter who, you know, no matter what opinions we've got, it, yeah. they're still you know great people oh that's cool Hmm. and you'll run again yeah 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 okay yeah well at this stage yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you might change your mind probably not no okay (laughs) i think i will unless something crazy you know happens or whatever and i can't run i will definitely run next year yeah okay um yeah and it'll be very interesting because yeah i guess i i guess i have shaken the boat a little bit yeah. Well, a lot since I've gotten, you know, with the live export stuff, I, I didn't really want to, I really didn't kind of want to be the spokesperson or or um, kind of drive that, but it ended up sort of happening. And at that point, I sort of thought, okay, well, there goes the political career. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I, had, I had to stand up and kind of, um, yeah, and, and say, and help fight that because it meant so much to me. Yeah. Um, and, and you had success with that, didn't you? And we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we got that banned. And so it's still continuing and for another 18 months. Um, and so we'll continue to kind of speak out about it and raise awareness that it's still going on until that last boat yeah. comes in, which is exhausting to be honest. But it's, um, yeah, you've got to stand by things and fight till the end, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what the, yeah, what the community, who the community want at their table next year. Next year, mm, yeah. yeah, it will be interesting. And you'll just keep being your authentic self and um, doing you. I think just focusing on um, 
don't know if I said it or not, but not letting people have control of your emotions, you know, like giving, not having insignificant people control your emotions um, is a really insignificant, it kind of sounds kind of bad, but it, I mean, it is ultimately, yeah. there's a whole bunch of people, people outside of saying this, uh, things, yeah. you know, saying all these nasty comments and thinking they know me when they've probably never had a conversation. Why, why would I let them give them the power to make me feel a certain way? Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. And so I'm, I am very, I guess, strong in that sense of, of ensuring I have complete control over how I let others, who I don't even know, make me feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's a skill that's taken a wee while. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> one, to, I think. And to not care what people think too. Like you can't, yeah, I've, over the years, I've learned to not, um, to not, care what people think and that has really allowed me to tr- find who I truly am okay and that's quite a powerful thing have you always been that way since no, younger no right. no no and I guess that's possibly coming up in the next question yeah I guess the journey happened and and I learned that actually um yeah I'm just I'm not going to care what people think because ultimately people judge you no matter what no matter what you do, people are going to judge you, and so you might as well do and be whoever you are. That authentic with your own self, yeah. Because either way, they're going to say what they want, and at least you – it's a lot harder to fake um, being someone you're not, right? Like it's so much easier to just be who you are. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, Sometimes <laughs> you're conditioned, like especially, you know, from children to totally. people please and do what the – masses are doing and schooling you know we're kind of taught to toe the line a bit so yeah stepping away from that as an adult can be quite a challenge oh 100 percent and um and I think and a lot of people don't because of fear of backlash and fear of you know bullying and and all those sorts of things not being liked not being liked yeah yeah. (laughs) and and I guess as I've got older I've kind of learned that um the more real you are, you sort of weasel out the ones that like you for who you really are and the ones that were just there for a bit of a ride. You know? Yeah, you end up with a better tribe of people, don't yeah. you, when you're doing that? Sure. Yeah. And people know, they. I guess with me, well, I hope the community can see with me is kind of what you see is what you get. Like I don't sort of pretend to be something that I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah. yeah. But, awesome. All right. Um, so lastly... You're an active part of the Pride community here in Taranaki. Um, when did you, I'm doing air quotes here, come out? And what has the experience between then and now been like for you from a mental health perspective? And so this so this kind of whole journey, really, like I referred to it, I guess, in the last question, but this was like a, a journey that sort of helped, I think, create who I actually am today and how... I guess how comfortable and um, just how me <laughs> I feel like I am um, because I had to, again, get rid of all of that societal, um, I want to say cleansing, but that's the wrong word. Conditioning, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that societal conditioning um, that we put on people to be a certain way and to think a certain way and to do that, whatever. And so for me, like I knew probably in my late teens, early 20s, that I was 
like attracted to girls at the time I was also attracted to boys and so but I was I sort of thought I sort of was like oh you can't like you can't go down that road and have real, like actual relationships like a girlfriend because then you'll be gay and people you know like that's I just want to be normal and yeah. so the, at that point I remember being in my head being like I just kind of want to be normal which is so funny now because I'm so far away from normal. But yeah, like back then I was like, I just I just want to be normal, so I'm just going to pretend like that doesn't exist. And so kind of carried on with um, life, had some amazing boyfriends, um, but there was always kind of this part of me that was just, I guess, hidden and like, and it, and it did affect, um, like I can look back now and it did affect who I was and where I was going. And it kind of affected every part of my life in the sense that I just wasn't, comfortable in who I actually was like I've always been quite a strong person but there was just you know when you just feel deep down inside that something's just you're just not quite there or like missing or <laughs> missing yeah, yeah I think I think was the thing and so yeah. anyway I um fell off my horse and hit my head actually before that I told a whole bunch of my friends I said like I think I'm I think I'm gay I think this I think that blah 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 blah, blah and um, then I fell off my horse and had a major head injury. And it's funny because straight after that I told my mum. And so my mum thought that me falling off my horse had turned me gay. <laughs> I'm like, no, but at the time, like she obviously doesn't think that now. But yeah, um, it was definitely it not the case. Yeah. <laughs> this is after policing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This was probably about four years ago. Yeah. Five years ago? Four years ago, yeah. Like I think back on it and like having that head injury made me like at that point I was like, okay, right, I'm done pretending like I need to deal with this and and, and find who I am. And so that was sort of, I guess, when I kind of came out. It, it's funny though now because the more I'm out and the more I'm now gone on this kind of, you know, I, I hit my head two weeks later, I saved three bobby calves. And so I was going on the, the coming out journey and then at the same time I was starting the vegan journey. Yeah, right. And so it was a whole lot of, whole lot of bloody journeys a happening. A big shift in and your life. And it was like, whoa, okay, find, like, all these things are kind of happening, just roll with it and and yeah, just figure it out. And so, and so it was a massive turning point because I went down, you know, the whole vegan journey. I went down the whole, um, I guess, sexuality journey. And the more I kind of go down it, the more I learn that sexuality is such a, it's it's so different for everybody and it's so fluid, I guess is the word to use, because I don't now want to be put in a box. Like I don't, I don't want to be that, you know, I don't want a label. I just want to be me. Like, yeah. ge- like generally, it's it's like, yeah, I'm attracted to women the majority of the time, but I'm also open to kind of all connections with with anybody. And yeah. so, I think sometimes we, I find with the pride community, you've got to really put yourself in a in a box and label yourself, and that brings a whole lot of complex feelings and complex issues with it because you know, you then almost have to adhere to that box and you're stuck in that box and you're like, yeah. I don't think it creates an open mind to explore whatever. Right. And so for me, so this is a very long-winded question, but so for me it's <laughs> it's like I just um, definitely 100% part of this pride community, but um, some people love their labels and love, you know, love being in, in their in their box and, and other people I think just want a bit of 
space to move. But a space to move, and I'm very much a, a space to move kind of uh, um, <laughs> don't put me in a box kind. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's been, but that's, you know, that's been something that I've had to work out, you know, over the years. And, and I and I gen- genuinely think that when I first came out, I was like, no, nah, 100%. Guys, the hills like that's 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 me. Yeah, and I think and you that had was relationships good. then straight away yep. with women. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but I think since that, it's I think it was more so the fact that I hadn't allowed that. It was it was like a relationship thing I didn't, with with women that I'd never allowed, and it was like taboo, and it wasn't normal, and that was kind of what I wanted. Now opening that kind of box has then been like okay now. Now that box is open. Now just do you and just yeah. you and be open to connections and whoever that might be is whoever to, whoever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's just yeah, there's no lid on it, I guess. So Little. did did you have any backlash as such from parents or friends or family or like at your age? Because you're a bit older than, yeah. you know, like we were in your early teens and people were like, are you sure? Or, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. No, nah, not really, actually. Like, um, people have been, I've had more backlash going vegan than I have. Okay. <laughs> right. Coming, coming, you get backlash for going vegan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, okay. Um, people, people uh, struggle more with the vegan journey than the, than the um, yeah, pride journey. It's insane, to be honest. Do you but, think just because you're so vocal about it, like, it's not really just what you're doing with your body, it's more putting the message out to people mm-hmm. that they don't like? Yeah, I think so. I think it's that, um, well, we're all kind of quite set in our ways. And I do remember years ago before I was even vegan, I think I even said to someone, I'll never be vegan because I love cheese too much. You know, and it was just that, like, don't try and change my behavior. This is mm. food. This is I do this. Maybe don't put me in a box. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, and and I get that. And um, I get that. And so I do, I do poke the bear a little bit with with that sort of stuff. And I guess that's the, that's that's how I do things. But yeah, in regards to family and friends, like everyone was really supportive. A lot of people were like, oh, not even surprised. (laughs) A lot of my friends were like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, My mum probably was really surprised. I don't think she saw it coming, but everyone, um, yeah, family were just really cool. Just to them, yeah, it was. And being in the public now, like in council, you don't get anyone? Nah, nah, it's. I think, if anything, it's been a positive because there's been times where I'm giving people who would have no idea um, about that side of the world an insight, you know, into it around the table. And um, and I guess that's why, again, coming back to that diversity around the council table was really important because, you know, some 70-year-old straight man um, cannot – has um, no understanding of what it might be like for a 15-year-old um, queer person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I mean, kind of educating why, people. really, but yeah. I have a little bit more of an insight being, you know, on Pride Taranaki and, um, and having had my own journey of a little bit of, of that kind of understanding and being able to share that, I think, is, hmm. yeah. Well, that's really cool. I guess 
we've moved away from that natural bullying in that area then, you know, that was kind of prolific for ever yeah. up until recently. So I think it's still out there though. Like I think it's uh I do feel like even though I haven't experienced it, I'm sure it still happens. Like like, well, I know that it still happens to other people. And, you know, I've still got friends now whose parents don't want a bar of them because they're um, because oh, they're gay or um, they're in a relationship with another female or, or male. and um, That's going to be tough. Yeah. And yeah. so that's still, that still is happening. Yeah. Um, but I think the more people talk about it, the more um, awareness that is out there, the more people can just realize that actually we're really no different. Mm. it's and, just who you choose to be sexual with like yeah, it's really yeah. not and, and love and like who i mean it comes right down to just what people do with their own bodies and themselves like how does that concern you you mm. know what i mean like if it makes these people happy then it makes these people happy and and if you don't want to do it then don't do it yeah <laughs> like and so i think I, the world's definitely definitely getting a lot more accepting okay um that's good so with the local pride community that we have here in Taranaki, what kind of things are happening there? Do, is there like a... We're doing like, we do monthly social events. So okay. um, where we, yeah, we, we might go and meet for a beer somewhere and we might try and have a movie or do like a movie night kind of thing. And it's really just a chance of getting a community established here in Taranaki. Okay. Um, well, and New Plymouth, we're trying to get around the whole mountain, but to, you know, it's a bit <gasps> takes the time. Yeah, <laughs> to try and um, get yeah, because at the moment, like you know, when I first when I first kind of came out, what four years ago, I felt like I was like I was the only gay in the village, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and I you know, like there wasn't a community, and so it was you know there were people who were like, we need to establish a community and in New Plymouth or in Taranaki where um, we've got, like, people who have been through that journey or are going through mm. the same journey and just, like, like to offer, stories. I guess, that support and and know that you're not alone because it is, it is, um, it is a hard journey, particularly because I think it's a whole lot easier for kids now because there's a lot more talk about it and it's more accepted. But for me, like, as I said before, I just wanted to be normal. Mm. You know, like, I had that that whole mindset of I just wanted to be normal. I just wanted, you know, to do everything just how I didn't want to kind of stand out or anything like that. Get a husband and a son yeah, and a daughter that. and a yeah, dog. Do yeah, <laughs> yeah do that. And I think I was so fixated on that, but it actually wasn't what I really wanted. You know what I mean? Like it was just that I thought that's what you had to do. Like yeah. that was. That's that how was people look happy it. in the movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so. And I'm just so thankful that I was able to go on this journey to the point now where I probably am so far away from normal, it's not even funny. And, <laughs> yeah, I, an and I don't just blend in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I'm totally me, but it is, I'm 100% good with it. Yeah. You know, like I'm probably in the, the best space mentally that I've ever been on and, I'm, you know, taking a whole lot of, shit from all different angles or stuff sorry from yeah. all different angles and and i'm like i'm actually exactly where i need to be yeah you know? that's so good just keep going yeah awesome. yeah some downs but yeah yeah just gotta yeah i think when you're when you're being true to yourself and who you are um things are a lot easier 
Yeah. And so I guess I would I would encourage people out there to to just don't care what people think. Just do what makes you happy. Oh, that's a perfect ending, I think, isn't it? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Oh, thank you for joining me, Annika. It was lovely to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpacking Mental Health. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do this by clicking the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. And this is a $5 donation, which will keep the podcast ad-free and go towards covering the expenses. And I would love, love, love if you could give my Instagram and Facebook a follow and I will update you with the next podcast. So have a great day and I hope you enjoy.